0: X-Pac, 1, 2,
1: 3, 60. A new day is dawning for DX.
2: And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Waltman. You talking Welcome back. To X one, two, three, sixty, everyone. I missed you guys, uh, and it's good to be back. It is December sixth, two thousand and twenty, and I can't remember when the last show was, but I think it was sometime in February. Jimbo, even though you weren't on the sh- on, on the show at the time, uh, do you remember when when we shut the show down?
0: I do not, sir. I was gone by then. I could ask uh, Denise or Ty. Okay. But I don't have the official end date of the last Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Okay, so everyone, up. everyone,
2: <laughs> you guys already know Jimbo in the booth, and so Hi. I want to I want to introduce <laughs> to you um, our newest member of the team, and um, she's invaluable to getting shit done around here. Emily May.
1: Hi, I I'm uh, I'm a little pirate today. But, uh, usually right. I do not have an eye patch but I'm happy to be here it's uh it's super exciting and honor to be here
2: hey well I'm really happy to have you Emily because um I need people like you like you would not <laughs> believe all right hey so um I decided to do this show tonight because uh war games takeover just happened and uh what better time to start hey so okay you guys what what do you want to talk about first
1: Sting's debut on AEW. Oh, yeah. <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer. There was uh you know a lot of speculation that he was unhappy with his contract and then he, we were wondering what he was going to do and where he was going to go. And then we see him pop up on AEW. So how do you feel about that?
2: I was watching. Hey, did you guys? were you guys watching it?
0: I watched it watching? after I we wasn't watching it. live. Yeah, but, I yeah, watched but you it, saw it right? later on. I did.
2: It came up but like, even though like we're in the situation we're in right now where there's really not, you know, big crowds, although it was kind of cool. They did have a, a bit of a crowd there. Um, and you could see the reaction that's uh, on some of their faces. When, when, when Stinger came out, it was a big deal. It came off like a big deal. And um, it felt like a big deal to me. It it made me happy. Like, you know, um, he's a great guy. I like, Jimbo you he was kind of he didn't he kind of live in your your town he for is. a little
0: while Yeah, he lived a few exits away from my house. He was a frequent visitor to the Starbucks I used to work at. I got to make his coffee yeah. several times.
2: And he's just the nicest, classiest guy. And you know, the thing is is he was never going going to get the treatment in WWE um that his fans um thought he deserved it and he did deserve it it's just he's not a WWE icon um, um i think they they were really happy to have him it's just they weren't going to use him like like he needed to be used and the, and and the people needed him to be used so um you know to see him go back there and it's not like he's going to you know go back there and like take somebody's spot and you know i hope he doesn't he's not going to go out and like beat the younger guys or whatever um hopefully we'll see him in the ring a little bit um he can still do some stuff and uh and it was it was a big deal like okay let's put it this way um the next day my wife's like do you know sting and i'm like yeah why he goes like it's a big deal it's all over everything i'm reading like sting big deal that he showed up that's my wife like hearing it from from people you know and she's not like a huge wrestling fan i mean she digs it now because you know married but she's in a different world uh anyways so yeah this was a big deal and anyone that doesn't think so is kidding themselves
0: do you see him more as like a mentor role in like when uh rick flair was part of evolution he was more of like the mentor role and less in the ring you think he'll do more of that in aew
2: i don't know but, like, in my mind, I'm picturing more like a, a role um, like Undertaker has in WWE. More of that type of role. He's, he's going to be – I think he's going to be their icon.
0: Who would you like to see him involved with? I know they teased, like, with him going nose-to-nose with Arn Anderson and their past history, and then Cody Rhodes and the history between Dusty and Sting and then he ended with Darby Allen nose to nose with Darby Allen I could definitely see Darby Allen being a protege of Sting and kind of following in that mysterious footsteps character more driven more more of a character driven type of wrestler
2: I don't know about like I mean about the protege thing but I definitely feel like there's some real opportunities for some cool interaction between them. You know, I mean, they're both, you know, they're different types of characters, but they're both kind of enigmatic in their own way, you know? So I could see that. I could could even see like a T, like maybe a tag team. I don't know, you know, not getting the belts type of tag team, but have a tag match and their partners or, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, maybe there could be some interaction with some other legends, you know, so we'll see what happens. I just think, you know, it's – there's been some criticism. Oh, you know, they're always talking about uh, WWE having a bunch of old guys, but like AEW is hiring Sting. This is different. This isn't just hiring an old guy. This is freaking Sting. So I want to hear it.
1: His, his
0: name his name still <laughs> shines on the marquee yeah. and has the star exactly. power exactly. To bring in the crowd. So
2: that's all that needs to be said about that. On to the next subject.
0: <laughs> I was listening to Tom Green on Joe Rogan and he was talking about this rescue dog that he just rescued from, uh, I believe it was another country and then he mentioned like Steve-O's dog that he rescued from another country and they were like, "Oh, aren't rescue dogs the greatest and like, yeah. you've saved their lives? And all I could think about was Lou and how, like, day and night traumatic, like, such a change from living on the streets and trying to survive, eating garbage, juice, blind in one eye, broken jaw. And, like, Mm -hmm. that was when you found her and not only all the stuff that she's gone through while you've had her.
2: So, And now that she's lived, lived a good life or what's it been, like, almost four years now? It's been a while, right?
0: It's crazy to think that you've had her that long.
2: You would think that it was just yesterday that I got her off the street because she still, I guess for some reason she can't not. St- she does that thing like an anteater, picking up stuff off the, with her tongue off the ground to eat. I think it's just in, embedded in her, like survival skill wise. Like even Like I think she doesn't think she's going to get her next meal. Like, you know, even though every day, like, at, you know, like, not so much in the morning, but at, at seven at night, right around seven o'clock, like clockwork, she's bugging me. Like, if I don't know it's seven, I realize it's seven because she's fucking with me. Anyways, yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> oh, pets.
2: <laughs> All right. So- I, did, I did a cameo the other day. And they were talking about like the person's rescue dog, so then I had to pick Lou up and, you
1: know,
2: hold her up and go, This is my rescue dog. Maybe you've seen her on the Raw twenty five documentary on the WWE network. If not, check it out. Anyways, that's that was part of my cameo spiel.
0: Or you could have (laughs) seen her at NXT War Games in twenty eighteen, I believe, or
2: with the famous GIF that ever that like,
0: there's like, a yeah, there's a GIF. Yeah, there's a GIF with there one.
1: is one, yeah.
0: <laughs> so from NXT War Games in 2018 with Sean and Lou, we go to NXT War Games 2020, <laughs> opening up with the ladies in this four-on-four War Games match, Team Team Candice LeRae against Team Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, I love Shotzi's entrance with the tank. She's definitely upgraded her tank since she was yeah. on the indie. Very theatrical. I enjoyed all of this. Uh, the match was very hard-hitting for the ladies. They left it all out there. Yeah. Tons of weaponry under the ring to bring in and add to the war. I don't know how I felt about that really. I didn't I didn't think every person needed to come out, stop, go under the ring, and pull something out to throw in the yeah. ring. I think war games itself. Or it like usually was the weapon, like being trapped in the cage and using the cage to your advantage to beat your opponent seemed to be the thing that I don't really know if it needs the kendo sticks and the toolbox with the sledgehammer or like the mallet or the mallet stuff. But
2: that's what I did. That's who picked up the mallet? Was it, was it Rhea? Rhea
1: Rhea Ripley? Yeah, she did she
2: hit? I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I thought the mallet looked like bullshit. Like, I wish they wouldn't have used the 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 rubber, the mallet thing. Uh, it just – because, like, okay, why wouldn't you just hit her in the fucking head with it, you know? And uh, so I wasn't a fan of that, but I was a fan, like, of, of the match itself. I thought it had some really good moments in it. I'm not going to lie to you and said I was completely engaged in the match because, like, I, I don't know if I was mentioned earlier, Lula was driving me crazy and I had to bring her upstairs. Um, so I missed, I missed a little bit of it. Um, but that being said, um, Jimbo, you were talking about Shotzi's, uh, presentation and did you see the, uh, the, like the little video package and she was, she had the the welding torch out and she was welding and shit.
1: Yeah. She's like rebuilding. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. so I. because somebody
2: fucked her tank up?
1: Yeah, so Candace yeah. LeRae a few weeks back totally destroyed her tank. And that was like a huge, a huge blow to her, to her ego. And they were like building this story. So this was like her re-debut of her bigger and better tank, which I really loved it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it really added to, to the theatrics of her entrance because she already had a theatrical entrance. Yeah. So... And then I love that little photo opportunity they had with the team, with the tank. And I think it just, it made, you know, it made her, sh- it showcased her as a leader, which yeah. they needed for this war games match.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think like for me personally, I think Io Shirai is the one that is the standout. Like, I don't know if it's because of the crazy shit she did with the garbage can on top of her head or whatever, but like, to me, every time she goes out there, she's the best person in the ring. Or, like, no one's better. Like,
1: that's yeah, how great
2: it, I think she is. Did
1: you – Did you? were you surprised by the by that trash can spot?
2: It was weird. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I don't know how surprised I was because, like, not much surprises me anymore. But, like, it was definitely a moment. Everyone's talking about moments these days. Well, it was a mm-hmm. moment. So <laughs> – yeah, it was I, oh yeah. And so like what I wanted to talk about was uh um Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez cuz see the first time I saw her she wasn't on TV yet like she was just on um what they call the coconut shows which is like the Florida house show run for NXT yeah. and uh and they kind of put this gimmick on her like she was like a female Stan Hansen She came out like with a freaking, with a lariat, with a lasso. And like, I I think she wore a cowboy hat and she had, she had cowboy boots and like short, you know, jean short shorts or something like that. And it it was, I guess it was just fine. Uh, But, you know, I didn't know what happened to her. And like the next time I was, or one of the next time I was down there in Florida, uh, your Lordship William Regal and I were having sushi and Braun Strowman comes into the sushi, the sushi joint. And he's got this, he's got this woman with him and she's a big old girl. And she's, she's look, she's pretty buff. And, uh, it was Raquel Gonzalez and I didn't even recognize her. She had done a complete makeover, changed the way she looked, changed the way she dressed so she has come a long way. Like she's got she's definitely star material, let's be honest.
0: Definitely yeah, I, I they mean prove that with the ending of that match.
1: What was yeah, that? Yeah, I think so.
0: I think they proved that she's star material with the ending of that match and her doing the one arm power bomb off yeah. the top through the ladder on Eho, who was the other standout of that match. And even when Raquel came cleared house which isn't typical for, like, a heel in this type of match to, like, come in and just beat the shit out of everybody in the ring standing Mm -hmm. tall. Usually that's, like, the hot tag. Yep. Right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the the other moment was when Rhea Ripley and... Uh, Raquel Gonzalez kind of confronted each other. I feel like there was a lot of destruction happening and Raquel Gonzalez was part of that force. And so I think they've been working for a while trying to build up her new look and her new strategy in trying to take people out. And I think this was a really good match for her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think everyone came out looking just fine. You know, even the losers. I always said that the losers <laughs> uh, all right, so second match you guys
0: the second match was Timothy Thatcher versus Tomaso Champa. They kind of slowed it down, and this was more of like a hold to hold brawl mm-hmm. after such a crazy war games match, um yeah,
2: and I think that's by design, like you know like they had to put it somewhere, and you don't want to open the you don't want to open the show with that. So, like, it, it was fine. there. Those guys worked really hard. It was a tough spot to be in. Uh, I think they got the job done. I think what they needed to get done got done. You know, um, I'm not sure if the lack of crowd hurt or helped this particular match. Because, like, And I'm not sure, like, I'm not going to lie to everyone and say I've been in completely 100% invested in, like, all the storylines in NXT lately because I'm not. So I I, I wasn't I, – I hadn't followed the buildup to that match.
0: Something they've referenced a lot in this match was uh, Tommaso Ciampa's neck surgery. Yes. And his injured neck, something you definitely can relate to. Oh, yeah. I yep. don't know if you want to give, like, your insight. Didn't he call you after his surgery to get – No,
2: I, I hit him up, and he was like, oh, thank you, because, like – he heard from me and like edge and a couple other guys Mm -hmm. that have had the surgery, you know? And, uh, when you hear that, we were just fine afterwards, like my best years of my career were after my neck surgery, you know, like some people argue and say, yeah, but you had better matches before, but listen, my, my best years in the years that like, like I made the most money and like, the, like the stuff that people remember the most were after my neck surgery. So.
1: And then and and Thatcher totally was injured tonight. You know he was he was bleeding out of like it looked like the ear or something. Yeah. Um, and so that I wasn't like-
2: sure. I wasn't sure what the deal was with that. Like I didn't like. You know when you see blood, you never like you you never know the nature of it. Mm-hmm. You know and uh, and so. You know, I just kept an eye on it. And, like, they didn't reference it that much, did they?
1: They, uh, well, com- I think on commentary once, maybe, right?
0: I think he... Well, because
2: Sorry, guys. We're having a, like, this is the problem. Well, not the problem. It's just a thing we got to live with when we're doing shows this way Is we step on each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. So
0: where were we? I was going to say commentary mentioned it... Uh, once when Ciampa really cinched in this uh like the bully choke when he was on the ground as you could see him like bleeding all over his side yeah i believe it was his lower earlobe and it was because of a pump knee that champa hit him yes. with ah. but i think they avoid it because something i've noticed with other wrestling shows during covid mm-hmm. is like blood and spit and any kind of bodily fluids exchanging is something they want to st- Far away from as possible.
2: Well, well, COVID or not, when somebody starts bleeding in a match, usually they shut the match down immediately. Mm -hmm. But I I can understand why they wouldn't with this because, like, it it didn't seem like a. It almost seemed like a, you know, like just a really minor cut, and it just bled a little bit for for a minute or so, and then clotted up. You know, it added to it. You know, it added to the match, and those guys busted their ass. And Timothy Thatcher, you you just look at that guy and you go, oh, I don't want to fuck with that guy,
0: you know? Because, like, he's uh, legit,
2: you know? He's a legit Billy Robinson catch wrestling student, one uh, of the few.
0: Yeah, I definitely wrote in my notes, both these guys look so legit and would be terrifying to stand across a ring, an alley, they're in your way and they mean you harm. I would be so frightened. Yeah, yeah,
1: Thatcher has kind of a sadistic side, so I definitely would try to, like, steer clear of him.
2: (laughs) Yeah. All right, next.
0: The next match after this was Loomis and Grimes in a strap match. Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes.
2: Yeah, so there have been strap matches in pro wrestling for for decades um and like just to be honest with you back in the day like strap matches were kind of boring to me because all they did was pull on each other and you know whip each other with the straps but there was a time when like a lot of guys didn't want to get whipped hard with it and like when you do a strap match you got to be willing to get the shit whipped out of you like welts and marks like for it to be good and uh and those guys, they laid it in on each other a bit, you know? And and also, like, the thing is, and, and, I, and I said this in a tweet afterwards, that was a hell of a strap match. I don't know if I've ever seen a better one. And, you know, oh, my God, did I ever get, like, bombarded with, oh, you're crazy, this, this <laughs> strap match was better, and, you know, uh, Sting and Vader, and it's just like, yeah, well, I didn't see that. I didn't see, like, I'm sure there are better, but, like, I don't need you to list them for me, you know. So, uh, but the the thing I liked about it was just how innovative they were, and and like all the cool things they they were able to incorporate, you know, into the strap match. So and that was cool, you know. They you know they had a little bit of a jump start there with with, with Grimes getting on him, you know, and then Loomis makes makes a bit of a comeback, and then they finally mm-hmm. get the the match started and um when Loomis was early like early on like when I was you know like last year what whatever when when I was going down to NXT all the time he was still in the early processes of figuring that gimmick out and I he's really come a long way with it you know um because that's a tough gimmick to like to stay true to you know because like he like he had to figure out his own way of firing up and and without breaking the nature of his character. So um anyways, I was happy for you know, I was happy for both those guys cuz honestly, man, I wasn't expecting a whole lot just because of the stipulation, not because of the two in the match, but because of the stipulation.
0: Yeah, I think they definitely took the typical strap match formula and moved it around. Because yeah. usually you would see uh, the baby face has the strap on and the heel won't put it on. He won't put it on. He jumps the baby face. And it takes the first like five minutes to even get the strap on the heel. Whereas like, Grimes came out as the heel with the strap already on. But jumps the baby face and then mm-hmm. puts it on. They did tons of unorthodox ways of using the strap. From pulling him off the ring apron to the floor. To through the ropes. And they, yeah, the finish, threw, yeah, mm-hmm. that, the finish that, was unique. Yeah. His yeah, legs and swinging yeah. him so his head hit the chair, and that was another thing I liked about the strap match was you didn't have to do the typical tag all four corners to win. It was an actual pin or submission. The strap was just to make sure he couldn't run away, and it added that, like yeah. I'm gonna kick the shit out of you because you deserve it. Feel,
1: yeah, I wasn't.
2: To... Go ahead.
1: Oh, I wasn't sure if that finish with um the ch- hitting the chair was was planned or not. It felt very like felt very organic that it just happened in the moment. But I did like how they used the strap as like a tug of war, like you said, in different scenarios. I think it was different than what we've seen uh in the past.
2: I'm sure I'm I'm grateful that they didn't do that four corners thing. Because yeah, Jimbo, uh like the the um the scrap matches from my childhood was that four corner thing. And that was just a way to keep somebody from actually getting pinned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad that they didn't do it that way because eh, those are anti. I just don't like them. They so, always ah, end the
0: same way. Yeah. They always end with one guy tying the other guy up. And yep. as he's hitting it, the guy's hitting yeah. him behind mm-hmm. him. They do a tug of war at the end, and he accidentally pulls him in and he tags the last one. That's how they always end. So I was really excited to see the formula of this one changed around and used to their benefit. And I was entertained the entire time. Cameron Grimes, formerly Trevor Lee, is doing great there. Dexter Loomis, like you said, his character and seeing him now. If you go back and watch him on the first gut check he was on when he was Samuel Shaw and like board shorts. Yeah. Compared to how he is now and like the presence he has and the look with – he's in great shape. That mustache really adds to the creepiness with the comb over and the gloves. He's excellent. And he's a terrific artist. The little sketch he had of
1: – I love his sketches. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I really I enjoyed do, this.
2: I, I, knew, I knew him from I, – I didn't know him personally, but I was familiar with him because uh, he was in that North American title tournament, the NWA North American title tournament. And he, he had a match with Willie Mack. Did you remember it? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's why I remember seeing him and I was impressed with him. And like I thought he was like I thought his presentation at that time was was fine. You know, like I didn't I honestly didn't think he needed a outlandish persona. But I'm I'm a fan of this too, don't get me wrong.
0: Moving on to the next match. Uh, the North American Championship match. Actually, yeah. funny you should say that. Oh yeah. Uh,
2: hey, you guys. Hey, after we talk about this a little bit, I got a surprise for you.
0: I love surprises. Yeah,
1: I know. I do oh, too. <laughs>
0: um, Leon Ruff, Johnny Gargano, and Damian Priest. Yeah. And. And it was crazy to see the three of them go at it. It was definitely a whole back and forth at the beginning. Uh Damian Priest laying everyone out. Hey, how bubble. about when he
2: how about when he put Leon Ruff into the uh into the barricade and knocked the whole barricade over? That was a great that, that was a great yeah, that was a great way to 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 get him out of the picture for a little while so so uh, Priest and, and Gargano could do their thing. You did
1: know? you did you like that strategy of Damian kind of treating Leon Ruff and just like throwing him to the side as like part of the strategy? Do you think that worked in for his advantage?
2: I didn't like I didn't look at it that way. I just looked at it that he threw him under the like he didn't mean to hurt him that bad. It was okay. the way it came off to me and they just carted him off. So I like I didn't look it, it didn't come off to me that way at all. Um but anyways, hey everyone, uh on the phone right now calling in. It looks like he's in his car from How Orlando from Orlando, Florida. Um, uh, he was the North American champion. Uh, but now Gargano has it. Anyways, Damian Priest. Thank you, bro. Thank My you, man. My pleasure,
3: brother. Thanks for calling me.
2: Hey, um, hey, first of all, man, I miss you guys down there. Uh, can't wait for this pandemic the pandemic to get over with. Yeah, um, well,
3: we're on the other side of it. We look forward to seeing you, man. We yeah. love having you here.
2: Um, hey, by the way, the beard, man. I noticed the beard. That's hey. a thick hey, that's a thick beard for you. <laughs> it, 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 it
3: took me about six months to grow, but yeah. <laughs>
2: hey, hey, so um, and the, with the with the storyline with Leon Ruff, it's really cool. Um, you know, every time there's like a big upset in wrestling, um, it's always compared to my thing with, you know, the one, two, three K razor Ramon thing. But this is the one that's like the closest to it. And oh big time. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's not just for him. Like, this is really—it's uh, been good for you too. Like, I like the whole thing is kind of like you're—he's—he's he's one, two, three kid, and and you're like the the bad guy, Razor Ramon, in in this in the situation, and um, and it's a really cool di- dynamic. And um, uh, I'm glad that it didn't just end right away. You know, it's it's been a cool storyline.
3: So I agree with you. Um, when we first started this whole ordeal, uh, I'll be—I'm be completely honest, and I even spent uh, explained it to Leon, where I wasn't a hundred percent invested in it. So sure, to speak. you know, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, to me, of course, everybody has a better idea. Everybody's the best booker ever, right? Yeah. So if I had, I had other ideas. I didn't, wasn't sure. I, I didn't know him. So to me, it was like, what, what are we doing? And then we did it. Okay, we got it done. And then I got to meet him and be around him a little bit more and actually have a conversation with the kid. And then as we progressed, uh, man, and the way that this is what's happened, I couldn't have imagined a cooler uh, storyline that was about me and somebody else, but, then, but actually elevated and helped somebody else deservingly. Super cool. Um, and I I really like Leon Ruff. He's actually just as lovable and humble, respectful that you see. The person you see on TV, yeah. that is really who he is. Uh, so I'm really happy that he's getting this spotlight. And I don't know what his career is going to be. I don't know what, what is going to develop from this, but I look forward to watching it and following the ride like anybody else. Because yeah. he he kind of he hit my heart, too, just like most of the audience. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I actually felt fond of the person because he's so, like, he really, he loves this business like we do. And he's a little younger um, and less experienced. But so he's, like, that raw love that you wish to find in something like this and something that we cherish, like this business. And I'm so happy for him, and I'm glad that he got this opportunity you know, granted, he had to take his licks because he's in the ring with someone like oh, yeah, John. He's going to get it, you know. And oh, yeah. It. it is what it is. But I, it, it was something that, it, although it didn't start off as something that I was super enthused about, I'm glad it happened, and I learned my lesson. And, hey, not everything's going to be the way you think, but it's probably going to be pretty good if you just trust. And that's exactly what just happened with me.
2: Oh, yeah. Because, like, like you were saying, it elevated him, but it also... Uh, was a tool to show you in a different light. Absolutely. Like, you, know, you remember, like I texted you a couple weeks ago. I'm like, hey man, that segment, like it was just that backstage segment. That was great for you, man. Like, cause you've been in plenty of matches on TV. People know you're yeah. excellent in the ring. Uh, but they yeah. don't. But yeah, what? Come on, stop it. But, <laughs> You know, but but your 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 mic time and your promo time has been l- kind of limited. And and they're good promos, but this show, even like a more, you know, a real character, like more dimensions to you, you know? And I, and a really likable side to you, man. Really likable
3: side. I try. You know? uh, yeah, it, it was definitely something that I've, I've been enjoying a lot, uh, especially lately, the aspect of just showing who I am and just yeah. be you, have a good time, you know, but don't pretend just for the sake of people wanting, to, you know, you wanting to like people to like you or something like that. Yeah. So I've been enjoying just being me and having a good time and also you know, being able to work with other people and whether it's elevate or elevate myself or elevate others. Uh, I've been enjoying this this little run that we've been having lately. And yeah, when you texted me that I thought it was extremely cool because obviously I usually get messages for matches, but never like a backstage segment or a promo. No one you guys care, you know, people are like in your, in your position, but most yeah. people don't. So whenever I do receive the messages, I appreciate them a lot more than just the matches. Cause you know, a match is to me, it's, you might like it. The person next to you might not, but at the end of the day, it's as long as you told the story, who cares, you know, to a certain degree promos are way harder. You know, I think, uh, you, cause now you're, you're literally, you have only one option to identify and connect with the fan. So when I, whenever I hear from somebody saying, hey, that was a great segment for you, that is huge for me. So when you messaged me that, I remember like, oh, huh. man, I felt that one. Like, oh, because I always wonder. I, I don't know with those things. A match, you know, you walk through the curtain, did you know, you got your peers and whatnot telling you that was good. Hey, maybe, you yeah. know, this, this spot was great, but maybe you should have done this a little differently or something. But talking, no one ever says anything, ever. Yeah. So know that's you. cool. I, when you messaged me, that meant a, a whole lot. I really appreciate that.
2: Huh. I'll be done. Well, hey, man, I, I don't mean to, uh, like, discount Gargano's uh, c- contribution to the storyline because he's great in everything he does. And you guys oh, have excellent chemistry. And, like, um, like each time you guys are in the ring, it seems like you figured it out more how, how to work with each other.
3: Yeah. Look, I, I, it's been said before, right? Johnny Gargano is an incredible technician. He's a wizard inside the ring, and you can hear it all you want, but when you work with the guy, man, that guy's good. Yeah, Johnny is one of the best that I've ever been in the ring with, and so easy to work with. So, I, I mean, every positive word you could think of. I, I really don't have many, you know, many negatives, or I don't think I have any negatives.
2: So, like Johnny he. Is- he went that, from he went from being the ultimate white meat baby face to the biggest shit heel you ever want to see. It's amazing to see the transformation with that, man.
3: Yeah, and I think it was easy. He's yeah. so talented. It was so easy for him. He was okay with it. Um, and I know this is not going to help him, but he is an extremely likable person. Like, he's oh, actually yeah. a good guy. And I know he's going to hate that I said this, but he really is, and so for him to actually be that on camera uh, it shows his talent, and he's he's made my life easier. So if if I've looked good in anything that we've done lately, it's probably because he was involved in. He's oh, done.
2: Hey, so I'm like I'm assuming uh, due to the finish of the match tonight that that was the blow off uh, between between you and Gargano's storyline.
3: That's I mean. I mean You know how it goes in this business, you know, like you you could have a plan, but you never know when the outcome happens, like if things can change. So as far as I'm concerned, I think so, but
2: I don't know, so who knows? (laughs) Well, I mean, it seems like they were kind of aiming in the direction for you and Austin Theory. That's what it looked like.
3: It looked like, but I don't know. I mean, do we need it? Because Austin Theory helped him and... Granted, I wanted to win the title back. I, wa- I hate Johnny. I wanted yeah. him to lose, but they got it over. It's like, what am I going to come back and beg for another shot? I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens next Wednesday.
2: <laughs> I thought maybe you just didn't want to get beat unless you had all those guys come in the ring. Um,
3: <laughs> freaking Dima <Yeah. G> <laughs> I, paw- I paw- thought it brother. Politics. <laughs> uh,
2: hey, Amen. Well, uh. I'm not going to keep you. I, like I told you, it was going to be a 10-minute segment, and I'm sticking to my word. But, Dude,
3: I always have time for you, brother.
2: Well, I appreciate it, man, and I miss you guys so much. And um, Anyways, thanks,
3: bro. Thank you so much, Sean. Really appreciate right. it. You're the man. All right, man. Have a good night. Drive safe. Good night, everybody.
0: So after that war of the North, for the North American title, uh, Gargano retains the gold, and then we head on to the men's war games match. Uh, undisputed era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle Kyle. Let's do that again. <laughs> let's no, let's we'll say we're keeping
2: that one. Keeping, we're keeping that, that one. For you to say Okay.
0: No, uh, no. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong against Pat McAfee's team of Pete Dunne, Oni Lorkin, Danny Birch, and Pete Dunne McAfee. And yeah, the two of them, 4 on 4. Pete Dunne is in the best shape I've ever seen him.
1: Amazing, right?
2: Hey, so are you guys old enough to remember the Road Warrior movie? The movie? Yeah, the Road Warrior.
0: Oh, like Mad Max, the Road Warrior. Okay, yeah. I'm picturing like Hawk and Animal starring in a movie. No, no, no. No, The
2: the movie's Road Warrior. Are you (laughs) familiar with it? Yeah, with Mad Max, yes. Do you remember the... The little boy, they called him in the, in the, in the movie, he was called feral boy. Mm-hmm. He was a little kid that went in and out of the tunnels and had the, the, the boomerang. Yes. That's who Pete Dunn reminds me of a grown-up feral boy. If you guys go back and watch road warrior, you'll understand what I mean. Otherwise you're going, what the fuck's he talking about? I see Anyways. it. Yeah. That's so
0: crazy.
2: yeah, Pete Dunne's, I Pete Dunn and, uh, and Kyle O'Reilly together. I want to see those two in a, some kind of a singles feud, actually.
0: You can't go wrong there. Both of them crazy strikers and great technical wrestlers as well. Like, know- honestly,
2: to me, and this is no knock on anyone else, but Kyle O'Reilly is the best, maybe, honestly... There's no one better in the ring right now in NXT than Kyle O'Reilly. I'm saying it. And there's amazing talent in NXT. I don't know if you guys agree with me. You don't have to, but that is my opinion. That kid is fucking amazing out there.
0: He is super entertaining and can do it all. He might not get to showcase his uh, mic skills that often, but he has a few. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm.
2: He has a few, and if they give him the ball, I guarantee you he's gonna he's gonna carry that fucker for yards and probably even score touchdowns. I wanna see um Pete Don and Kyle O'Reilly in a singles feud. I wanna see them in a series of matches because like like the Kyle O'Reilly Finn Balor match makes me want to see more of that kind of shit. And I think those two would be great. Um, anyway, as far as the match goes, in you know, had a lot of great moments. Um, I was really impressed with Pat McAfee. Uh, you know, obviously the moon salt through the table, but the one part where it was him and I think it was was it him and Cole were on the top rope, and Cole pushed him, and he went flying backwards off the top rope and went through the table, took like a back bump through a table, like a nasty plunge. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If you go back and watch that, McAfee barely hit that. Like, when he came down, his shoulders and back of his neck were about all of his body that got that table. Like, if he would have been, like, six inches shorter, it could have broke his neck. It was crazy. So, and also, just some of the moments I – do you remember when they had all – all uh, four of like, like the Undisputed Era had all four of their opponents like in between the cage and the ropes, and they were just running back and forth and just freaking knocking the shit out of them over and over again.
0: Oh, yeah. Roddy, when Roddy yeah. yeah. came in, he was just nailing everybody.
2: He's out of his mind. Holy shit, man. When he, he, I can't remember who he picked up and threw up in the air for that, for that, like. Was it a lung buster or something he did?
0: Oh, he calls it the end of heartache where he picks you up a suplex and he just flings you and then lands you on his knees. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was insane, man. And like, he never seems to amaze me because he's not a big, he's not a big guy. And I don't know anyone that he can't backbreaker. I don't know anyone. He can't give a backbreaker to, or like just to wait those people up like that, man. Like, He's strong as fuck for his size. Just explosive. And he's plowing tighter in a drum, too. Like
0: and Anyways. PWG Excalibur would refer to it as the freaky Roderick strength.
2: All right. Well, that's it for our first show back. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And uh I know it was a little rough around the edges here and there, so uh bear with us. And uh we got some really cool things coming up uh, now that we're back. And so I'm going to let Emily tell you what they are before we go.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We have such exciting content coming your way on Patreon, on Twitch, exclusive, never before seen content. And so make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, make sure that you follow us on Anchor and leave us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. And let's go have some fun together.
2: Emily's doing her best Nick Fury impression. (laughs) all right you guys we'll see you next
3: week (laughs) hey after buzzers before we move on to your next topic we just want to say thanks to our sponsor anchor if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain